No Bull, powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome in to the Wednesday edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Chris Schubert, Sean Crespin here with you on a Wednesday. Off the rails already. We, we couldn't even get the show started. We started recording. There was an argument as the intro music was playing. We had to restart. We had to back up, start it over again. So buckle up, everybody. Today's show is going to be a good one because I don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> yeah. Sean and I getting into some pop culture discussions before the show. Do you want to get into these as part of In the Lead? Do you want to save them for the tail end well, of the show? How do you want to – because you're wrong on both of these. I, and we you, can, you mean you think I'm wrong on a lot of stuff. Wait till the NFL take I've got for you guys yeah, today. You I can't a... wait for that one. Uh, but the uh, – you know, let's just get into it now because full disclosure um, – you know, we're starting a new segment. We're going to roll out some new uh, some new content on the social media networks called And Another sure. Thing. And you're mm-hmm. like, hey, it's great for we should do pop culture uh, discussions. And then I was like, yeah, it's perfect for it. You said like The Mandalorian. I said, what other shows should I be watching right now? And your response was, if you would like to watch a show I'm watching, it's currently yeah. on Netflix. It's called Dark, but it's mm-hmm. a German it's a German show and you have to yes. watch it with subtitles. I said, yes. I'm out. I don't need to okay. do that. And what was your response, which I thought was stupid? My response was, get a little culture in your life and watch does, something maybe out. How does get, me reading the bottom of the screen cultured? Because first of all, it's you're annoying watching, is what it is. You're watching something that was produced in German. It's a German television show. So it doesn't have the same type of culture that you would maybe assume from a Hollywood production or a Netflix for Netflix production in Hollywood that was, that was here in the United States. It's different. It's got a different flavor. It is... It is dramatically different from what you would normally see from a television show because it's made for the German audience. It's it's originally made in German. Now, listen, if you want to be uncultured, you can watch it with English dubbed on it. I don't really think you mm, get the even native worse. German experience. Yeah. So I watch it with the subtitles. Listen, you don't you don't have to take my advice, but to jump on me for saying that maybe add a little culture to your life. I think I, I've laid out it, it is it is it is clearly adding to your culture to watch something that is made for a different audience than you. It's made for a different audience than yeah. us here in the United States. Yes. It became very popular because it's a it's a it's a good television show. I would say it's great. It has its flaws. It's a good television show. There's three seasons. I'm so on it's, season three it's, right now. It's good, not great, and I have to read subtitles. Now I'm really out, dude. Forget about it. I am out on that one. You're gonna have to find another show for us to discuss if we're gonna get some pop culture in here. Just, if that's where you're right, currently just, at, we'll just, have to push the pop culture off for a little bit. I'm not watching the, that. I'm not music. watching that. It's I'm also not watching WandaVision. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, that I looks convinced like a friend, hot garbage. convinced a friend the other day. He watched the first two episodes and he was like, yeah, I'm not so sure. I said, watch the next two, then come back to me. Watch the next two. He said, you're absolutely right, Chris. So that's fine. You wanna miss out on, on a great experience, a great television show, maybe culture. one of the best thi- one of the best things Marvel Marvel has done. I, I, will, I will put it up there. Infinity War and Endgame, great movies, fantastic. This is up in that conversation in terms of how much fun I've had watching this show. You want to miss out on that, Sean? That's on you. You want to wait a, almost you know six months to watch Mandalorian and enjoy it? Listen, that's on you, man. That's on you. So you, you know what you I enjoy. don't want to. You know what I don't want to miss out on? I don't want to miss out on what's in the league. This is the one they're talking about. By the way, we picked the war- like. There's so much stuff going on. We pick one of the worst days to sidebar and have arguments <laughs> before the show about pop culture. So yes, in the lead, we must get to it. And, and Sean, let's start with a, with a local story. ASU basketball. They're set to play the Oregon school starting on Thursday and oh. Sunday. And and listen, Sean, I, I I feel like a broken record because I've said I say this every time we bring this up. But this has been a roller coaster of a season for this team. It just feels that from a consistency standpoint, they haven't been able to have that because it's just been stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. That, listen, just throw the whole season out. Like, I'm not reading anything into what we've what seen. Mean, throw the whole season throw it out. out. Like, just stop no, just playing for basketball no, games? No, 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 play, play. But, like, I'm not going to, at the end of the year, go, man, ASU really struggled in 2020, 2021. No, They're clearly going to struggle next year. Throw that part yeah, of it out. I, 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 not that reading I anything into this. Listen, it's even, it's, I mean, this team has had so many start stops, as you mentioned. And it's not just ASU. I mean, look around college basketball. Some of the blue blood programs that are on the outs right now. Like, what is it? Duke is outside of the top 25 for the first time in yeah. forever. Kansas, I Kansas. should say. Duke yeah. is down there as well. Duke's not playing well. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Kentucky. Go down the list. I mean, it, it's it's a lot of blue blood programs also struggling. I'm not trying to put ASU into that group. Just so Sean Crespin compares ASU to the other blue bloods <laughs> in college no, basketball. You heard I'm it here just, first, everybody. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you that it's not just ASU having issues with a lot of these things. You know what I mean? Even even the top tier programs are having their problems. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But it'll be good to get back on the floor. They had their first full practice, I believe, on Monday. Um, 
after the, the previous stop. When they, when they play on Thursday, fingers crossed, we're recording this on Wednesday, so when they play tomorrow, uh, it will have been 12 days since their last basketball game. So it's, uh, and you're playing the 10-4 and four Oregon Ducks. It's just been rough, man. And, and you what still, is this, the second or third time this year they've had to stop for an extended period yeah, of time? Com- just completely stop. Just like, completely shut down. Yeah, They're like, not doing anything. Right. Like, understand when you're not playing games, it doesn't mean you're still practicing. You're flat out not playing basketball. And not Mm -hmm. to mention, they're also going to have three guys out with COVID tomorrow. Now, I don't know exactly who those three are. ASU does not put that information out there. Uh, No school does due to the the laws and rights and everything else. Um, So we don't know who they're going to be down as of right now. But they're going to be down three, three more players going into this game. Tayshawn Cherry still on on uh, on on personal leave. They have yet to play a basketball game with their full roster this entire season. So it's been fun, Schubert, and hopefully it'll be uh, you know more so, good times to come coming up on Thursday and Sunday. Big Sunday, Valentine's Day matchup with Oregon State. Listen, I don't want to put you on blast and call you out here, but you were trying to come up with HIPAA, I believe, in yes. terms of the conversation, and you went it. with laws and rights. <laughs> and that stuff. Was, that was what yeah. you settled on. Laws, laws and rights, and, rights and, stuff. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Nailed it. Got there yeah. eventually. Feeling good HIPAA on a laws. Wednesday. I think a HIPAA violations yeah. were what you were looking for there. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll see how this team comes out. And listen, just the fact that they're able to to, to bounce back from this and, and, and be out there, and they've been competitive when they've come back from some of these breaks at times, and it's it's just it, it's wonders to show what Bobby Hurley is getting out of these guys considering they're just going through a very weird year. It's just the circumstances are absolutely insane. All right, Sean, this is probably the biggest story outside of, of you know, in terms of a national perspective, and I'm kind of confused why we're talking about it, but we're talking about it. The Dallas Mavericks, they've played what? 13 games at home at this point, I think, Correct. is the number. Regular season and preseason. Last night was their first uh, game with fans, I believe. They had about 1,500 um, essential care workers in the building for the game last night. And now we are, we're starting to hear that at the direction of Mark Cuban when the season began, the Dallas Mavericks decided to no longer play the national anthem before games at American Airlines Arena. It's now only being brought up here after game 13. I can only imagine that the connection here is because there were people in the stands and they noticed. I'm confused as to why it's taken us 13 games to talk about this. Maybe it's because there was nobody in the building, or maybe it's because this whole outrage about the National Anthem was never really about the National Anthem. Well, yeah, that's a whole other podcast right there, Schubert, but... Um, I mean, I don't have a big issue with this. Do you? No. I mean, I, listen, <laughs> when when did the tradition begin to play the national anthem at before sporting events in the NBA and so forth? I mean, when did it begin? It hasn't been an, a thing that they've always done. You know, I mean, are, are we disrespecting the flag at my, my YMCA games, you know, because we don't play the anthem? Are we, are we disrespectful for that? You because don't play in YMCA we don't play, YMCA I haven't for like three years. Yeah, used to used to on. could. Used to be fun. But, you know, the point guard? Uh, two. I was, I was always a two guard. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, three and D kind of guy. Guard. Three and D kind of guy. Uh, but anyway, the uh, is it disrespectful? Like if if you no. know, uh, no, it's not. It's you know, not. in col- in college football, players aren't out on the field when the anthem is played. Is that disrespectful? No, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, you know, so it's not a big deal. It really isn't. Uh, it, it, this are, shouldn't this shouldn't be a story at all. Like, people are going to make it a big honest. deal. They are, but this shouldn't be a story. No, Mark made, Cuban. A, a a a a a private business made a decision. They are free to make well, that decision. There are rules from the league, you know, like for the, but instance. But no, the, the rules are that it when the anthem is played, you have to be out there. But Adam Silver's not enforcing that rule, yes. and there's no rule that the anthem has to be played. And Cuban before, made this before. decision after consulting with Adam Silver, and he so has no, no, no plan, issues here. And he has no plan to reinstate the anthem this year as well going forward. We're he good. said so. People are going to lose n- it over this year. Nothing to see here. Move on. It, it, there really isn't. But people are going to make it one. They're going to make it one. It's not disrespectful to not play the anthem. That's not a disrespectful so. thing. Um, I, I, yeah, people are going to make it one. I, I, they are. And me saying that is probably going to piss off with some yeah, people. Yeah. If they hear At it, S. Cressman, zero it's, two. Yeah. Five. It's not a big deal if they don't play the anthem. Again, people do it in so many different ways. College football, the players are not aren't out on the field. Is that disrespectful? No, it's not. Um, it hasn't always been a tradition to play the national anthem before sporting events. Uh, some people find that whole tradition silly. I mean, I don't find that silly. I think it's fine. Play the, you know, play the anthem. But, uh, I don't get up in arms if they don't play the anthem you know speaking of things that people might make a big deal out of sean some comments from seattle seahawks quarterback russell wilson are making the rounds because the way i described it on our prep sheet here sean is russell wilson is saying very un-russell wilson like things openly complaining or i guess 
being frustrated at the lack of protection, discussing how he's been sacked almost 400 times in his career, and and basically being open about the, about the frustration. Took me back when I read the comments. We don't normally see Russell Wilson come out and say those things. I'm not making the leap that other people are making in which it's he's he was potentially trying to set the groundwork to force his way out of Seattle. I'm not going to go that far, but it is something to note here because, Sean, we haven't heard Russell Wilson publicly voice frustrations like this at any point in his career. Quote, like any player, you never want to get hit. That's the reality of playing this position. Ask any quarterback who wants to play this game, but at the same time, it's part of the job and everything else. I think that the reality is that I've definitely been hit. I've been sacked almost 400 times, so we've got to get better. I've got to find ways to get better, too. And I'm glad he put that at the end of this this Zoom conversation that he had with reporters on Tuesday because Russell Wilson likes to extend plays. When you extend plays and you go off script, you get hit. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times he gets hit are on him. It's not all the offensive line. Now, has the Seattle offensive line been great? God, no. It's not been good at all. But a lot of those hits are due to a quarterback who likes to extend plays. We're going to get into that a little bit more later on Yeah, this is going to... But uh, due to oh, the, the, a lot of those hits are guys that like to extend plays. It's going to happen. Russell Wilson, for every amazing play he makes with his legs, sometimes he's going to take some hits. And to his credit, he's very like, much like Kyler Murray. He's been able throughout his career to stay healthy because they they uh, they both understand how not to take the big hit. Uh, yeah, but, but he does but get Sean, hit I'm a not, lot because he extends plays. I'm not saying his comments are invalid. I agree with his comments 100%. He just never says things like no. this. This is new. He's never done this. He's never gone to the media and said things like, I'm frustrated with the fact that I've been sacked almost 400 times. I think the total number is like 394 or something. I was reading a story that had that number, I believe. Like, this is new. This is new territory. Now, listen, him and 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 uh, Schneider and Pete Carroll might have gotten together and they are all in agreement. We gotta fix the offensive line, we gotta we gotta protect you, we gotta we gotta they're and they're all on the same page, and this is just him being open about it. I don't think that the immediate conclusion that we can jump to is oh, Russell Wilson voices his frustration and is trying to make Seattle do something. We don't know what their conversations were behind closed doors, but I do think it's noteworthy to mention. This is, this is not normal. This is not the normal that we get. I mean, listen, Sean, he went on uh, the Dan Patrick show and the quote that everybody's talking about, and I thought it was it was an interesting one because they, they asked him about, you know, this report that came out of nowhere that he might, you know, be available and teams might be calling Seattle about Russell Wilson. And he basically said, you have to ask Seattle. That's a weird way to phrase that, right? And, and, and just you add all of this up and it's just, un, this is uncommon. This is not what we normally see from Russell Wilson. No, and you're right, 394 is the amount of sacks in 144 regular season games. He was sacked 47 times last year, which is third most in the NFL behind Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson. Uh, he was also bunch sacked of guys who are gonna get traded this five more times and pressured on 50% of his dropbacks in the wild card loss to, uh, to the Rams as well. So, no, offensive line's not great. But, again, quarterbacks who feel like they can extend the play with their legs, go off script, you're going to take a few more hits, and that's Russell Wilson. But the offensive line definitely does need to get improved. Maybe he watched Brady. Like, it was a different Brady in the Super Bowl, right, getting in, in Honey Badger's face and stuff. Maybe he was like, oh, okay, let's quarterback. He sent, he sent Ty a text about that. Apologize. Yeah, he for, did. For I know. You're said. very nice, Tom Brady. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, maybe Russell Wilson was like, hey, look at Brady. That's a new him. Maybe I should, should turn over a new leaf and complain about things I don't like as well. Well, uh, who does knows? Tom complain about things? I don't think Tom complains no, about that was things. No, that was a new Brady, though. That, we, that was Brady, a different Brady. Brady was yes. a, little, a little different this yes. year out there. That was a little different. Yeah. Uh, the Washington football team, maybe they have found their their – quarterback for the next couple of years they they make the decision to sign don't give me the look okay I was I was setting it up for you to be like no don't give me the look they signed Taylor Heineke to a two-year 8.75 million dollar contract extension I don't think this precludes them from making any sort of move in the quarterback trade market that is a relatively cheap number to have a backup who you now know and has proven to you that if you need him in a spot he's game he can show up he knows what you want to do like he knows your offense uh, but I don't think this takes them out of the running for potentially trading up to try to get a quarterback in the draft, making no. a move with one of these other teams that are, but, that are looking for a quarterback. But they do make this signing official, and Taylor Heineke rewarded for that postseason performance. I mean, if you're signing your franchise quarterback to $8.75 million, you're changing the game. Let Listen, man, I, it's a, it was a tease. <laughs> I was setting it up for you to tell me why that was wrong, and you just gave me a look to Two ruin Two-year, $8.75 million. No, you're not wrong. It's just, it's a, when you get a solid backup – Lock them up as well. It's just like the starting Especially one that position. you've now seen in the high, right. one of the highest leverage yep. of situations. He, it was not his fault that they lost that football game. Right. Pay him a little bit more if you have to. You know. Yeah. Raiders did it with uh, um, 
with uh, Mariota, and it, it, it mm-hmm. paid off for them. He, 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 they didn't win the football game that he had to come in, but he was very solid against the Chargers. You know, you pay him Sean, a little bit Sean, let's, let's play this out. Mm-hmm. Could you see them dra- drafting a quarterback either where they're picked now 19 or if they trade up for a quarterback, and Heineke is the bridge. He's the Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. that we saw in Miami, no. right? You could you could no. do that. I think Washington had a taste of, of success this year. They're ready to win. They're ready to win now. That defense, okay. that defense okay. right now in Washington, you got a, a lot of young, quality football players on team-friendly deals right now. No, find the quarterback and find him right now and get him in there at, uh, and, and ready to win, especially with where that division's at. It's a winnable who, division. Who do, you fair, got, yeah. who do you got winning the division next year? Right now, I mean, it's, the, that, right now it's the Washington if, football team, and we don't even know who the hell their quarterback is. Yeah, so, I, you know, you win now. If Dak is back in Dallas, I could pick that. I could pick Dallas. 16 games of Dak, I think they could win that division. Probably. We don't know. I mean, obviously, there's the tag, and he's technically a free agent, so we have to go through that whole process. But if Dak is back in Dallas next year, I got to think they're the prohibitive favorite to win that division, as weird as that is to say. But I I think they are. All right, Sean, I know we – listen, it's post-Super Bowl, so I don't feel like I have to abide by these rules. Oh, you do. But but 60 seconds of baseball? Not until the season starts. You got 60 seconds? You want the clock? I I do have 60 seconds. I mean, I don't – again, I I, I would like to file an injunction here because I I think this is – the Super Bowl's over. Listen, I don't care. I'll I'll eat up my time. That's fine. I'll still make my point. But I just think an injunction needs to be filed because I think this is a a little bit egregious. Um, So, listen, we've got the new terms for what the 2021 season is going to look like. We have seven-inning doubleheaders back once again. And runners on second base to start extra innings. Those two things are going to return for a second straight season as – MLB, um, the league, and the and the union agreed to the 2021 health protocols on Monday. We do not have the DH in the National League. That is not uh, back this year. And we also don't have expanded playoffs. Now, if you'll remember last year, expanded playoffs were not part of the 2020 health agreement. It was agreed upon as the season had already started. So if these two sides want to get together to try to do that at some point, they can. But for right now, that's not part of the deal. I don't see the DH becoming a thing. Extended playoffs, they might be able to revisit. But this appears to be the rules that we're going to play under for 2021. So we shall see. Every time. You give me 60 seconds, I will hit the goalpost every flipping time. Well played. And we're getting 162, which is nice. We are yeah, getting 162, getting one, which, is yeah, nice. yeah, which is nice. I I will be interested to see if if all teams play 162. I'll, I'll phrase it that way. Uh, I, I don't know if every team is going to play 162 by the time the season is over based on some of the things that we have been seeing. But we'll have to keep an eye on that. Spring training about to start here in the next couple of days, week or two, uh, and things will get started. Coming up next on the program, he calls the report a dirty rumor. We'll get into it next here on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951. If you've lived in the Valley for any amount of time, you know Earnhardt. You know the Earnhardt name. You know it's a name you can trust. 19 Arizona locations, the 21 dealerships, and 17 brands. But make it easy on yourself. Nobull.com is where you want to go. Thousands of vehicles at your at your fingertips to browse. Thousands of them at Nobull.com. And with the Noble Express option, let them bring a car to your front door. You can test drive it for the day. You don't even have to leave the house. Uh, fill out your financial application right there online. Bring the new vehicle once the purchasing process is complete. Again, right to your front door. Make it easy on yourself. Thousands of vehicles at Nobull.com. Utilize the Noble Express option, turning the entire buying process into an absolute breeze from the comfort of your own home. You know it's a name you can trust. Earnhardt Auto Centers, the Earnhardt name, a 69-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. Sean Crespin. Yes, We're going to get into Patrick Peterson here in a moment, but I'm taking the show in a completely different direction because we have major, bre- major breaking news. Okay, what do we got? Major breaking news. Like on a 1 to 10 scale, it's a 12. What? The official McDonald's Twitter account has tweeted a screenshot of an email in which it says, High C Orange Lava Burst will officially come back on the menu at all U.S. restaurants by the summer of 2021. Um, this is this is groundbreaking development. You're not this is gonna, fantastic. You're not going to appreciate. This. If you, no, if you're going to come at me with the high C orange lava burst is not a good high C flavor, we're done. Just stop the show I, now. We are not continuing the show. I had no idea what you meant when you said high C lava burst on the menu. I was like, what is that? That's a new thing for me. Is it good? Please, somebody listening to this program, please help me. At S. Crespin02, please tweet at this man and tell him why he is just <laughs> flat out wrong for not knowing what know. the orange high C is. I don't drink okay? high C. It's, 
I go when I go to the fountain. Yeah, no, any, because I, you I, only I drink go. it when you go to McDonald's. That's 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 how it works, Sean. You ask kids, about, you ask people my age about their childhood. They will tell you about McDonald's and the Orange High Sea, and it was gone. It was taken away from us, and now it's back. And you're out here going, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything I, I mean, about." I, I, maybe Ridiculous. that's why I'm not a McDonald's Ridiculous. guy. I don't go. To, I don't go to McDonald's ever. So maybe that's maybe that's the problem. I'll give it a shot. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. I'm happy yeah, that you felt no, it was good enough it. to derail the entire freaking program. It, right and, now. and it is a big deal. It is a big deal that you don't think it's a big deal, and and now it's ruined the big dealness of it. That's not I, even a word, but have you have ruined it no because you did not you did not reciprocate the energy level that hey, I was looking for. There. Some dude from fan side had tried to make a big deal out of Patrick Peterson and the Arizona Cardinals, though. Turns out that he was did. Lot, that was that was about as exciting as my excitement of uh, of your orange high C. <laughs> So let me let me ask you this because mm -hmm. Patrick Peterson went on his podcast and he called the report that that Sean is mentioning from from a fan side of reporter that the team is going to part ways with Patrick Peterson at the end of the season. He is scheduled to be a free agent, but it appears that they're going to go their separate direction, barring a change of 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 you know change of mind of, of the sides, which we on this show said that that's probably financial. He went, came out on his show and called it a dirty rumor. You want to hear the clip? Here it Please. Is. And it is just what you said it was a dirty rumor. Um, I woke up to it this morning as well, you know, so, um, you know, me and the team haven't talked anything about contracts. They have, haven't talked any, any, uh, about parting ways. Honestly, it just went over my head. And like I said, it was a, it was a dirty rumor. So, you know, the things that they were saying in, in the report, I knew wasn't true. So that's why mm -hmm. you know, me and my team didn't, you know, didn't budge on, you know, moving forward with it. I have a lot of thoughts about this. Okay, what do you got? And my main thought, and you can tell me that I'm wrong for this. It's You're in wrong. Patrick Peterson. It's in Patrick Peterson's best interest for the for for him to come out and say that that report is false. It is in his best interest for all of the other teams that might potentially want Patrick Peterson to know that the Cardinals are still interested because it could drive up his price. It could drive up his market. If he enters free agency already knowing that the Cardinals are off the table. That takes one potential suitor away, and then there's no bidding war. It's one less person in a bidding war. So from Patrick Peterson's perspective, it makes sense that if this is true, for him to come out and say it's not true. I'm not saying that's what Patrick Peterson is doing, but from his perspective, it makes sense to do that if that is if that is the case. Um, Yeah, but I, 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 I probably agree with what he said, that they haven't had these discussions yet. I mean, they recorded this on Monday. That's from his podcast. Um, all things covered podcast. They recorded that on Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. They haven't had those conversations yet. I mean, they, listen, the, the Arizona Cardinals are doing their due diligence right now. Obviously, of going through. Okay, who are we? Getting, what What's our financial situation? What can we change here? How do we open up more money? What do we do? You know, who's who are we going after? They've had those conversations, but I doubt that they've had any sit down with Patrick Peterson his camp and laid out where they are finance they don't they can't even do that yet because we don't even know what the salary cap is yet so they have no idea where they're technically going to be at so they right. haven't they haven't been able to sit down and have these conversations yet that was my first thought when the report came out like how would they unless it's a personal thing like we don't want you on the team unless it was one of those we don't even know what the cap is yet. So the Cardinals right. can't sit down and have an idea of how far apart the two sides are because there's no number yet. So the the, the report was crazy from the get-go. That was my first thought on this, that unless it's a personal deal, that we don't want Patrick Peterson on our team, which I know that's not the case, then they, how do we know if they're far apart? There's no number to even go by yet. It was a ridiculous right. report to begin with. And, and I and I and I tend to agree with you, Sean. I was just offering up a potential hypothetical yeah. no, I know, to what could it, be going on. Yeah, it, what you're saying it, is true. It, it makes sense for 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 Pat to want to have the Cardinals involved, even if they aren't involved, right? For for there to be that perception that they're involved. But I, I'm with you. I think this is more a reporter had somebody tell him this, and he jumped the gun. Now, yes. here's the worst part about this, Sean. If these two sides don't come to a deal, and Patrick Peterson plays elsewhere in 2021, this reporter can say that he was right. I know, and the, well, that's the thing. You get a lot, and of that's these the guys. problem. Well, you get a lot. Right, of these so, guys so this gas. story right now, uh, in this story right now, he might have had somebody tell him this, but based on all the information that we have available to us, I, it's a it's a large stretch to think that these two sides have already decided that they're th that they're so far apart that there's this Grand Canyon size difference between them that they're not going to be able to figure it out, and that Patrick Peterson is going to be playing elsewhere well, in 2021. Let me say this: it, it, it's a large stretch for me to think that that currently exists. Yeah, that, and that's what I agree with because sitting here right now, I don't believe Patrick Peterson's going to be a Cardinal in 2021. I don't believe neither he's going do I. To be. 
So I, I believe that he could, and that's the problem with the way a lot of people operate. I'm not saying this particular reporter does this, but a lot of guys will look at things where the odds are in their favor, take a guess, and then do exactly what you're saying right now. Uh, down the road, go, oh, see, I told you guys back in, in February. No, you, you took a you took an educated guess in February and it became true. Doesn't mean you were you were nailing it in your reporting. Um, because right now I don't believe he returns in twenty twenty one. If you look at the free agents that are on the market, what he what did Patrick make last year? Nearly fourteen million. The closest yeah, one I can to pull him, up the official number. The closest one to him made six something. So his number has to come down significantly. And I don't believe the two sides are gonna be able to find that that common ground and be able to make it work. I just don't. So, you know, I, I don't believe he's going to be an Arizona Cardinal. Uh, it's unfortunate because if you look at the alternatives to Patrick Peterson, say what you will about what Patrick Peterson's done the last two years, the alternatives aren't as, uh, aren't as talented as Patrick Peterson uh, in terms of the ballpark you're playing in in free agency or bringing somebody in in the draft. So it's unfortunate. I don't believe he's going to be an Arizona Cardinal. But, yeah, the, the the report, in my opinion, was way off base because until we have a salary cap number and teams don't have one yet, you can't even sit down and have these negotiations because you don't mm -hmm. know what your number looks like. So, therefore, you don't know if you can meet what his number looks like. It was a ridiculous claim to begin with. His cap number last year was 13.1, and he had a base salary of 12 last year. Um, that was what Patrick Peterson made in 2020. So that's what probably your baseline is for, for 2021. Now, Sean, I'll ask you this because I'll, we'll kind of pair what Patrick Peterson said in that story, calling it a dirty rumor. You and I both think Patrick Peterson plays elsewhere in 2021 just on a basic money the Cardinals have and what Patrick Peterson is going to probably get in free agency. And I think agency. his market's going to be there. That's the other thing well, we didn't touch on. I think his market's going to be there. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because there was a story on ESPN.com that took the, the top 50 free agents. Uh, I, I think they use Pro Football Focus's top 50 free agent list, and they put best fits for each of those free agents. And Sean, for Patrick Peterson, it was not returning to the Arizona Cardinals. It was actually, I'm not bringing this up because it was your team, but it was actually the Las Vegas Raiders. They were the team that made the most sense for Patrick Peterson from a fit perspective. And, and I sat back and, and thought to myself, man, the Cardinals have a clear need at corner. Patrick Peterson played his entire career there. The default to me should be the best fit for him is to return to Arizona. Now you have a national media source doing a story, and they say his best fit is to go elsewhere. That took me back when I read it. Even though you and I both think he's going to play elsewhere, the default setting should probably be he returns to Arizona. Yeah, and if we're going to talk about best fit, I don't know if I lean towards the Las Vegas Raiders. If, if we're talking about teams that aren't, aren't named the Arizona Cardinals, best fit to me for a team not named the Arizona Cardinals is the team you just saw win the Super Bowl. Back with Todd Bowles, who he has spoke glowingly of on his podcast yep. and has said multiple times he would like to reunite with him eventually. Thinks he's a defensive genius, had some of his best years with Todd Bowles, so he, he would love to, to get back to a, a situation where he could play with him. Uh, that team... That would make the most sense to me if we're gonna if if, if that's how we're gonna word it quote unquote best fit for well, him. That would be that the best the fit. The final sentence of the blurb about Patrick Peterson on this ESPN.com story quote also watch for Tampa where Peterson's former coaches Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles go. are coming off of a Super Bowl appearance. So there you go. So they have Vegas as the best fit, but saying also watch out for Tampa. Nowhere in that paragraph does it mention coming back to the Cardinals. Not even a mention. Not even just a small little blurb. Not at all. Raiders and then Tampa. That's it. To me, that was shocking when I saw that. Um, yeah, a little bit. I just like I think people see the writing on the wall similar to how we do. The cap situation for the Arizona Cardinals, the way he's performed the last couple years, um, the way it's kind of gone down the last three years, going back to the Steve Wilkes, you know, season when he asked for a trade. Trade um, and then you have the right. Then you have the suspension. So I think people have just yep. seen the writing on the wall. I think one of those situations where um, a fresh start, new scenery might do everybody good. It's one of those, I believe. Now, he's not the only Arizona Cardinal on this list, however. So Nick also makes this list. Yeah, Correct. 24th on the list. His best fit, the Denver Broncos. And once again, no mention of returning to the no. Arizona Cardinals in the blur. Yeah. So that's two of the big free agents that we talked about on this show about the Cardinals. I think this, and this is, just one, this is just one list. It doesn't mean it's not the be-all, end-all. But... I think to Sean, to Sean, to your larger point, people see the writing on the walls of the situation that the Cardinals find themselves in, yeah. and that they there's there's a lot of cat magic that's going to have to be done in order to make this stuff in order work. To keep those and you eyes. can't and you 
And you can't make the assumption that they're going to do that cap match, right. right? You have to actually see it before you can believe that Hassan Reddick and Patrick Peterson could be back. I think they allow both these guys to see the market. And I think the market's wow. going to be higher than where the Cardinals are able, are willing and maybe able to go. So I'm not going to be shocked if they're both gone. I, I think they wind up with one of the two. I, I do, and I think it, if it's if it's one of the two, it's Hassan Reddick, and it's because yeah. if you're projecting long term next year, Chandler Jones's contract is up. You don't know how that's going to play out, um, and you know, listen, you just spent three years grooming somebody and finally got him into a situation where he looks comfortable on the field and and is backing that up with you know the statistics as well uh, and the impact on the football field. So you know, you, you spent three years grooming a guy, see the fruits of that. You know, in Hassan Reddick. So, um, you know, I, I, if if one of the two, if I had to pick one of the big two, the, the two that make this list for the Arizona Cardinals, Patrick Peterson and Hassan Reddick, which one's most likely to return? I'd say it's Hassan Reddick, even though the position of corner is more pressing right now for the Arizona Cardinals. If I had to pick the two, my gut tells me that it would be Hassan Reddick. Well, Todd McShay's latest mock draft that ESPN dropped, I believe, this morning. I, I saw it this morning. It might have dropped yesterday, so don't quote me on this. But I was looking through. I always do. I always go to see what the, the Cardinals do with their pick. And, Sean, maybe Todd McShay is trying to piece together the fact that maybe Hassan Reddick isn't going to be back next year because he has them taking Greg Rousseau, the edge rusher, out of Miami with 16. That's a name that we haven't seen mocked to the Cardinals at 16. It's been a lot of cornerback. I've seen some wide receivers mocked there. Uh, I, I have not seen Greg Rousseau's name pop up, and his name popped up in Todd McShay's latest mock draft. So maybe he's connecting the dots of Hassan Reddick gone, need to help Chandler Jones in terms of getting pressure off the edge, and Greg Rousseau is the name that comes up. So yeah, McShay could be connecting dots. I I don't know though. He might. He also just might be looking at the way the board plays out and right. says that this player fits the card. I don't hate that, but it's gonna again. It's gonna be dictated by, and this is why we talked about this a few podcasts ago. Which which domino has to fall first, and how does it affect? And I said the Patrick Peterson decisions one, uh, and then you if if you know you don't go there, find a way to uh, to to sign Hassan Reddick. But whatever happens from March 17 to NFL draft in April is gonna dictate where they need to go at 16. It, it's free agencies primarily mm -hmm. within their own house of free agency is going to dictate where they need to go with 16 come the NFL draft. So from March 17 until then, everything is going to change. So these mock drafts for the Arizona Cardinals are fun to track right now. You can't put stock it's in all over any the place. of them. It's going to be. Any yeah. of them because it all is going to depend on what you're able to do with your own in-house free agents starting March 17th uh, and moving forward. Before you even, you know, maybe you're a player in some of these, you know, some free agents that are out there are currently on list that don't get re-signed by their own their own uh, their own teams, but I don't see an impact free agent that you bring back that isn't currently on your roster, and that's going to completely dictate what you do at 16. Completely. Right. So mock drafts for the Arizona Cardinals this year, I I don't think I'm going to be putting a lot of stock in any of them. Not that I do usually yeah. anyway, but I no, think even fun. less this they're year. Fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I like right now. You know me, Sean. I, I've thrown the idea out there of maybe the Cardinals should probably trade back out of 16. But I think right now, if you said that they stay at 16, right now February 10th. I think they got to go corner, right? Knowing what I know now, I think no matter what, Patrick Peterson here or not, they have to go corner. Now, that could change. My, my thought process on that could change. Maybe they bring Pat back and they sign another corner, and I feel a little bit better about the, the, that, that room, and, my, and you know, my thoughts shift elsewhere. So right now, you're asking me February 10th, I think corner's probably the direction that they go in. But we will have to keep an eye on this and track it as this uh, lengthy offseason for the Arizona Cardinals. It's going to be busy. There's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to this team. Coming up next on the program, Sean Crespin has a take about quarterbacks in the National Football League that is going to make me angry, I can already tell you, and it might make you angry as well. We'll get into it next year on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, have to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped and Fellas. Valentine's Day, just a couple of days away. Make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends over at Manscaped, the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Come on and join the over 2 million men that are already trusting Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0, headlined by the revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the advanced skin-safe technology, cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce those grooming accidents add in it's waterproof you have the led light you also have the crop preserver and the crop reviver which are in that perfect package 3.0 and then the brand new manscaped refined cologne which is the same signature scent that is in all of manscaped's formulas it's the the perfect complement to the perfect package 3.0 head on over to manscaped.com use the promo code noble and you'll get 20 percent off and free shipping so head over to manscaped.com check out everything the perfect package 3.0 the new cologne the lawnmower 3.0 check it all 
all out. And when you check out, use the promo code NOBLE and you will get 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. John Cressman, I, I I hand the show off to you, my friend. I'm not even going to set this up. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm just going to move out of the way. Sean Cressman with a quarterback take that's going to make everybody angry. Go. It is, and this is you know I think there's a lot of truth to this particular thought, but you know this is sure what pod- you do. I'm this sure is what you podcasts do. are for. Yesterday, I'm reading some some Arizona Cardinals news, and um, I was it was actually an article on Revenge of the Birds. I think they do a tremendous job covering the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, this is the SB Nation site. But in one of their articles, they talked about. Kyler Murray being a top five to seven quarterback in the NFL. And I went, whoa, whoa, maybe someday, right now, not even close. Top five quarterback in terms of your Instagram highlights, top five quarterback on TikTok, top five quarterback of the things that make everybody make, you know, grab their phone and comment away on the video of him shaking a dude out of his boots, not even close to being a top five quarterback in terms of the position itself. And so I got to thinking about the position itself, because since they drafted Kyler Murray, we've had the discussion that the Arizona Cardinals are right in line with the position, right? The, the future of the quarterback position, getting a guy like Kyler Murray puts you right in line with where this position is going. But does it? And let me, and, and let me, let me explain what I mean by that. Who was in the Super Bowl just a few days ago? Tom, Tom Brady, Brady was in the Super Bowl. And Patrick, and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, those Who was the in the Super Bowl the year before that? Outside of that Patrick Mahomes. That would be Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo was in the Super Bowl the and year before, before that. And before that, outside of Tom Brady? Uh, that would be, oh, so Tom Brady and I believe uh, Nick Foles played no, in the Jared, Super Bowl. Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. Jared Goff. Sorry, I mixed up my And then the year Patriots before that, who was it? That was, that was the uh, Tom the, Brady uh, Nick and Nick Foles. Foles. Here's the five yeah. quarterbacks that have played in the Super Bowl in the last, in the last five years. Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes, who can who can move, that's for sure. But Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, and Nick Foles. Does that sound like the who's who of quarterbacks that are going to scare me with their legs? Do I have to have this desire to find the mobile quarterback, the quarterback that's going to get out and run and change the game the way the game is changing? Does that list sound like that? Let me let me let me expand it even further. Here's your division winning quarterbacks this year: Josh Allen. He can move, but really wasn't much until he went from completing 58% of his passes to 69 and throwing for you know 30 touchdowns this year. You have to be able to throw the ball. Patrick Mahomes, Big Ben, Ryan Tannehill, Alex Smith, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees. Those are the quarterbacks that won their division this year. Do those sound like groundbreaking quarterbacks going in a direction that we've never seen at the position? No. Those are all quarterbacks that can throw the ball very very well there's in the nfl you're always going to have instances where you have to throw your team to a victory you have to be able to stand in the pocket deliver on time deliver accurate accurately and you have to be able to throw your team to a victory it can't forget about all these damn clips you see on instagram all the time they're sensational they're fun and they can add a dimension to your offense that's outstanding to have there's nothing more frustrating than when you feel like you've got a team completely you know stuck on third and long and you're playing good defense only for the quarterback to sneak out and pick up a first down I get it but you're always going to have times when you have to throw your team to a victory I don't think the position is changing as much as people make it out to be I guess is my point here Lamar Jackson isn't revolutionizing the quarterback position as a matter of fact, Lamar Jackson ran right into one of those football games I talk about where you're going to have to throw yourself to victory. It was against the Buffalo Bills. How did that work out? How did that work out the year before? How does it work out for Lamar Jackson in the postseason in four games completing 55% of his passes, throwing three touchdowns and five interceptions? There's going to be games primarily late in the football season and in the postseason where you have to throw your team to a victory. I don't think the quarterback position is on this groundbreaking change that everybody is making it out to be. And you say, well, Crespin, what about Patrick Mahomes? He can move like the best of them. You're not wrong. He's also never thrown for less than 4,031 yards in a season. He's also never thrown for less than 26 touchdowns and only having five interceptions in a season. Oh, what about Russell Wilson? You talked earlier in the show about how he extends the play all the time, gets himself in trouble using those legs. Again, his lowest passing total in a season. 3,900 yards. Oh, by the way, that year he had 34 touchdowns to just 11 interceptions. The quarterbacks that are mobile, great to have. 
but it's not the evolution of the quarterback position that every, like everybody's making it out to be. It's just not. You're going to have games where you have to rely solely on throwing the football, and if you can't do it, you wind up like RG3. You wind up like Colin Kaepernick. If you don't learn to add to your mobility, that's where you end up. And I'm not saying Kyler Murray's on that path. He's not. He's uh, Use your eyes. He's a, clearly a better thrower of the football of either of the two guys that I just mentioned. But he has to improve in that area. He has to find a way to complete balls consistently over the middle of the field. He has to find a way to find those passing windows like Drew Drew Brees does and be able to drive down on the ball so he's not floating it over the middle as much as he does, relying so much as a right-handed quarterback on that that left flat like we see in his passing charts week in and week out. He's got to improve in that area. If you want me to take him serious as a top five to seven quarterback like was written in that article, you better damn well come come with more than just Instagram highlights or you're never going to get there in my opinion and you're always going to run into those games like Lamar has in his first three years again he's young I get it he's still very young four four playoff games I understand that but so far he can't get over those humps and why because he's been one-dimensional the quarterback position has not changed as much as you think it is your four five quarterbacks that have been in the in this or here's the last five quarterbacks to compete in the Super Bowl Tom Brady Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, and Nick Foles are on that list along with Patrick Mahomes who can throw it with the best of them. So you need to have a quarterback to have legs is great, but you damn well better be able to still throw the football. And the 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 uh, the statistics and the recent history prove that, Schubert. Prove it. You, you can't rely on the, oh my God, Lamar Jackson, look at him. Put him on the cover of Madden. Did you see those Instagram highlights? That's great. Find a way to throw the football. Uh, Murray, in my opinion, is a much better quarterback in the pocket and throwing the football than a Lamar Jackson, but he's got a long way to go. Long way to go. That's my take on it. Am I wrong? Dissect it. Completely. I couldn't disagree with this take more. There's only Where? one part of it that I actually agree with. There's one part of it, and it was actually the thing you said about 15 minutes ago at the start of this take, in which you said that Kyler Murray is not a top five to seven quarterback. I mm-hmm. agree with you there, and then everything else that followed, I, I couldn't disagree with more. And here's why. I think your 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 stance of the quarterback position hasn't evolved as much as everybody is making it out. Correct. I think that is I think that is clouded in you're allowing what Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers are doing at an advanced age and to Big fool. Ben and I, Ryan Tannehill and Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. Josh Allen has the ability to run with his legs, but it, where were the Bills until he became a 69% completion guy? Right. The Bills also had one of the best defenses in the league. They were better uh, defensively last year. They were better defensively last year. Where were they last year? Where are they this year? No, listen, Sean, I, 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 in no way am I saying that this is a one-facet uh, one argument, right? I, in, I, I think today's quarterbacks, I think Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson needs to be in this conversation as well. I mean, who else am I missing from this conversation that I, I, I'm probably forgetting here? Those quarterbacks are playing the game and playing the position differently than it was played 15 years ago. I don't think that's Correct. arguable. I don't. So, so the the position itself mm-hmm. has changed, and I think because Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Ben Roethlisberger are on the tail end of their careers and they're still oh. hanging on and finding success, that it's clouding your judgment when it comes to this. Point, and Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Those and Jared are, Goff, and Nick Foles. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't a good Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't a good quarterback the, the year that San Francisco went to a Super Bowl. He, he wasn't. He he wasn't a good quarterback. So I, I I just again I think you're allowing those four guys I mentioned who are at the tail end of their careers. By the way, Big Ben's not playing anywhere near where he was at the beginning of his career. And oh by the way, Big Ben was was kind of the at the forefront of this mobile quarterback thing. Even though everybody mobile knows, quarterback. Yes, the, the the guy moved. A guy extended plays out of the pocket all the time. Listen, are you kidding me? It was impossible to tackle no, the guy. Okay, that's different than mobile quarterback. That's completely no, it's not. Different. It's not though because that is Tom Brady different than what we're talking. Tom about. Brady. Tom Brady's not mobile because Tom Brady can't move out of the pocket. If you move him any direction left or right, he struggles. Big Ben made a career out of being able to extend plays. He's not doing it the way Mahomes it's, and Russell Wilson and Josh yes, Allen are, but he it's extends completely plays. Completely different. Okay, that, that's a whole totally separate conversation. Yeah. Then. But but I want But these guys at the tail end of their career, I think, are clouding your judgment because they are doing it at a high level. They're Hall of Fame level talents, and at this age, where we normally see guys fall off, ask Peyton Manning, they're still succeeding. But I think you're ignoring the fact that the position has changed. Is Lamar Jackson one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now? No, I don't think so. 
I, I, I wouldn't put him in the top five. Is he one of the top 10 quarterbacks at the position? Yes, he is. He, from year one to year two, improved in terms of a, of a passer tenfold. Right? That was the biggest cr criticism of him in his rookie season when he played. And then in year two, he, he did so much more, and everybody was stunned, astonished. Oh, man, Lamar Jackson became a passer. Guess what? He did the same thing in 2020 that he did in 2019. But he won an MVP in 2019 and didn't put up the numbers that, that resembled an MVP season. So everybody thinks he all of a sudden has lost a step and is not the same quarterback. Couldn't disagree more with that. Josh Allen ran the football a ton. He runs the football a lot. The position is different than it was 15 years ago. Yeah, the I'm position not is that. going in a different direction. I'm not denying when, that. When, when Brady retires, Breeze has already retired. When Rodgers has probably got, what, four or five more years left? When they retire, guess what the position is going to look like, Sean? It's going to look like the guys that you're, 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 you're critical of. So I think you're allowing these four guys to clout your, your opinion on this. No, you're hearing, me, you're hearing me incorrectly. What I'm telling you is everything people get so excited about and say they need at the quarterback position is not necessarily what you need. You have to still be able to deliver from the pocket and throw your team to a victory. If you can't do that, you're going to end up like the RG3s and the Colin Kaepernick's. Tremendous athletes can make you plays, can put you on Instagram. But until you can throw me to a victory, you're not going to have long-term success in the league. You're just not. So I'm not denying that the quarterback position has changed. But the un, the undying, like everybody has this passion to find a guy that can do what Lamar's doing, can do what, what Kyler Murray's doing. Like, I don't think that's the cutting edge of the quarterback position. I think Josh Allen is the cutting edge of the quarterback position. Can he extend a play for you? Yes. But if you look at where the success comes from, it went from throwing, completing 58% to 69%. And having that touchdown number through the roof, bring down those interceptions, throw my team to victories. You have to be able to do that. The NFL, the speed on the defensive side, the, the, the way teams can, can scheme against you once they have an idea of who you are is going to shut down your physical ability. You can't rely on that every single, every single play. I'm not saying the quarterback position doesn't change or isn't changing. What I'm saying is the cutting edge of the position isn't simply what Lamar's doing. It isn't simply, it isn't simply, it isn't simply Kyler Murray with the highlights we see of him shaking dudes out of their jock straps. Fun so to all watch. of these teams are wrong Fun in their evaluation is what you're saying. Not wrong all in the evaluation. In, no, not wrong well, in the evaluation. Because clearly, because you don't think that they and should who, go in that direction and, at the quarterback who were all position. these teams? Who were all these teams? When you said all these, teams, all these teams are wrong. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't believe Baltimore's in a great spot. I don't, and I agree with your and I agree with your take in terms of not signing him for a long term contract until but you. That's can a prove different conversation. But that is I'm, a different conversation. Right. That's from why, what you're but, why I'm, but why I'm applying it there is I I have yet to see a kid who can throw his team consistently to wins. I I, I haven't. I haven't. He has improved. But I, I give him and I can say the same thing about Josh Allen, who's your quintessential example of of a guy. He did it one year. And I don't want to yes. talk bad about Josh Allen, but no, this you're is not the wrong. argument he, that you're, I'm, you're, I'm not you're saying, putting me in. I'm not but guess saying, what? Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson are all getting paid this offseason. Yeah, they're they all getting are. big contracts. Yep. Because that's exactly. where the NFL works now. And, and which so, can, exactly right. And but you're you're making my point even further. And guess what? All three of those teams played in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. Yeah, so they're doing pretty and well you're, for themselves. And you're you're putting Josh Allen the way he played the game this year, and you're putting Baker Mayfield the way they asked him to play the game this year in the same conversation as how they asked Lamar Jackson to play the football, play play his style of football. You're you're, no, you're putting those it, with them. No. So what is your point? In there terms are different of all of them ways to win in the National Football League. It's not a cookie cutter, one size fit all. This is how you have to play football. It's no, not. You're not wrong. Baltimore has gotten to the playoffs with Lamar Jackson. Yes. By the way, I think it's I think it I think it's you're not giving Lamar Jackson enough credit to evaluate him on a four game sample size and say, well, the guy can't throw his team to victory. He's got his team to the playoffs each of the last two years. Guy won an MVP. He's made some throws. He's mm -hmm. made some big time throws in some big time spots. Yeah. Do, do you not remember? Do you not remember the Monday Night Football game in which he came back out after the quote unquote cramps and, and, and made a pretty big throw in a big spot when he was hurt? Yeah. In order in order to help his team win a football game. Right. But he can make throws. Like I, I just, I, I, we fundamentally disagree on Lamar in particular, but in in a bunch of other areas on what the quarterback position is. You and I just have a disagreement. No, I, I, I don't think we do. I don't think we're as far off as you think we are. But. It, what, what you're saying to me is that you don't need to be able to be a, a, a great thrower of the football to win consistently in the NFL, and I'm telling you you're wrong, and I know that's wrong, and it will always be wrong, and the guys that don't create that side of their game are going to become the RG3s and the Colin Kaepernick's, plain and simple, and 55.9% yeah. completions, three touchdowns, and five interceptions in those four playoff games is proof you can't win unless you're able to throw the football. 
He's one and three in those games. You can't win consistently in the playoffs unless you can throw the football. Plain and simple. That's all I'm saying. You're, the, 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 you're telling me I can't find a four-game sample size of a Hall of Fame quarterback that fits the description that you're talking about that didn't have a 55% completion percentage in the playoffs? You're telling me I can't find it? I, I haven't done the research, but you're telling me I can't find it? More than likely, this you're not. The, yes. that's This is an not extremely gonna, small sample size that you're evaluating one guy on. Right. That's my issue with the right. argument. And it, and right. See, it's, but, too but small, this, it's too small of a sample size for you to say that Lamar Jackson can't win because he has. He has one. I'm, I'm telling you right now that the quarterback position, you have to be able to to do both to have consistent, cons and Lamar consistent can. success. Like, that's where we disagree. Lamar can. Oh, I, I, I know for a fact that he's got a long road to go for throwing the football consistently, bro. Like, there's not even a conversation didn't say he was Didn't say he was perfect. <laughs> didn't, and, and, and again, long, at the top, at the top of this to conversation, go. I said I didn't think he was long a top-five to quarterback. I just don't think he the is position, a top-ten quarterback in the National yeah, Football I don't think league. the position has changed as much as people think it is because the underlying way of getting to a Super Bowl and winning consistently in the postseason and late in the year is you have, you're going to have games where you have to be able to throw yourself to a win plain and simple and the quarterbacks that can are the ones that stick around the ones that can't don't don't and i'm telling you right now you can't rely on shaking dudes out of their jock strap constantly from the quarterback position you just can't you can't we will put this take we will put this take up on the board and we will let it age over some time and we will revisit it here in the future because uh i there are very few takes that you and i disagree as strongly on as as this one but this is one in particular and lamar has been uh, a conversation off air between the two of us for a very long time because i'm a little bit more positive on lamar than, than maybe you yeah are, the so. instagram highlights are so fun they're so fun. yeah but listen just stop being the old man with that crap because that has so nothing fun. to do with this that has nothing uh, to do do we do you really think nfl teams are evaluating a guy no. based on can he can he get us social clips like that's no. ridiculous and no like, and that's a I'm, false equivalency right, of an right. argument and i'm talking i'm not talking about the the teams themselves. I'm talking about the narrative on social media and so But the forth. teams are drafting these guys, Sean. Right. The teams are taking these guys that you are then saying can't win. Like, you're is, making is it sound Baltimore like really... You're making it sound like there's a ton of them. I'm talking about just a handful, just a few. I'm talking about the narrative of the, of the cutting edge of the position being Lamar Jackson or the cutting edge of the position being Kyler Murray. I don't believe it is. I really don't believe so, it is. So, it's, so much more, you... it's much more Patrick Mahomes. It's much more Josh Allen. It's much more Russell Wilson. You can't just come to the table and try to and try to use your athletic ability and think that's going to be it at the quarterback position. In the NFL, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The cutting edge of the position is Patrick Mahomes. It's what Josh Allen did this year. It's what Russell Wilson's done the last handful of years. That's the cutting edge of the position. And you don't think Lamar could ever reach that, which is where we disagree. Right now, I don't see it, yes. And right now, mm -hmm. I, see, I see Kyler Murray, who, has a, who, who I think is closer than Lamar, but has a long, long way to go. Long way to go. All right. We, again, we will put this this take up on the board, and we will let it marinate over the next couple of years, and we will revisit it at time to time. But uh, Sean <laughs> brought that to the table and wanted to yell about it, so yeah, uh, we brought it here on the show. Coming up next, we wrap up this edition of No Bowl with Chris Cressman and Simone having a conversation about the Phoenix Suns and where they rank in terms of tiers of the Western Conference. We'll get into it next. Our No Bowl with Chris Cressman and Simone. Okay, Sean Cressman. The Phoenix Suns right now, if you look at the standings, the Western Conference, fourth, the four seed in the Western Conference for your Phoenix Suns. And you posed the question to me in the pre-show meeting that we were having in terms of what we would talk about when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. And you asked, well, where, when we look at this team in the grand picture of the playoffs, because this team is certainly on a trajectory of being a playoff team. They, Absolutely. they are playing infinitely better than they were a year ago. The, the team makeup is completely different. The addition of Chris Paul, the bench depth has really allowed them to do things that we haven't seen from the Phoenix Suns um, over the last couple of years. You've brought it up a bunch of times. There's not going to be a prolonged losing streak with this team like we saw from the team a year ago. That's going to instantly help them be in this playoff conversation. But where truly does this team rank if we were tearing out the Western Conference? And Sean, my answer may shock you. I think this team is the top of the second tier in the Western Conference. Oof. Give me your top tier. The top tier. of the second give me tier. Your, give me your so the, top tier. So right now, the top tier of the Western Conference, mm -hmm. Utah and the two LA teams. Yes, I agree with that completely. And, and I think you can't look at the record of the Clippers and, and you're putting and to, them at the to a smaller extent of the Lakers because I think both of those teams understand when we get to the postseason we have all this talent we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna flex our muscle in terms of talent it doesn't matter what our record is in the regular season right they obviously want to be as high up so they can host more playoff games I get that but ultimately uh, I think the the Suns only being one game back of the Clippers I think the Clippers are a a much better basketball team than just one game better than the Phoenix Suns yeah well but one, Sean, one game in the loss column. 
but you know they're, they're three right, three better right. in the in in any other side in the W side. But um, okay, I, I'm buying that because if you look at everybody else beyond there, and that's which, where I think the Suns are better than all of these teams. Yeah. Oh, are we are we, are we doing it? Are we doing better uh, or not are we? better? I, I didn't have, think we were doing this. Well, here I we're playing. Some. We're playing an imp, we're playing an impromptu version of right, better get, or not me, better. Let me get let me just get, let me just get some here. stupid music. Here we go. All right. Oh, yeah. so we're not we're, so we're not playing the line is right, but we'll use the line is right music. Yeah. There we go. That'll be so totally better. Let's, right. let's find these tiers. So I think you and I both agree, and I don't I don't think it's even that arguable. The top tier would be Lakers, Clippers, and Jazz. Yes. So below Jazz that, are playing extremely well, by the way. Yeah, they're twenty and five. Uh, so yeah, on the good. on the uh, the next tier, tier two, do the Suns belong? Right now, from a record standpoint, is exactly where they're at. They're sitting fourth in the Western Conference. So yeah. tell me which of these teams. Really are. Tell me which one of these teams, Schubert, if the Suns are better yeah. or not better. Okay. Portland Trailblazers. I think they're better than the Portland Trailblazers. I, I think they are. They have shown an ability. And the, the Phoenix Suns have been dealing with a lot, right? I mean, they had Devin Booker hurt for a couple of games. They've got guys out with COVID. They, I mean, they've, they've had a lot. And Chris Paul has finally started to come into his own. I think he's putting up more of what everyone anticipates from him in the stat sheet on a nightly basis. And the development of DeAndre Ayton, I think, is the biggest thing yes. that has allowed this team to get this point. And I think they're trending in an upward direction where Portland kind of feels middle of the road to me. And I know they're fifth right now in the Western Conference. They just feel like a middle of the road team. They All feel right. like this is kind of the best that they're going to be. So I'll say the Suns are better. Better or not better. San Antonio Spurs. I think they're better. I don't know though. Oh. I don't have the conviction behind this that I want. Why don't you? Where is it at? It's Popovich. It's listen, man. Popovich gets the most out of his guys. Mm-hmm. He just does. And so, like, if the Suns played them in a seven-game series in the postseason, like that's how I'm judging this. Who would I take in a seven-game series in the postseason? I, I think I take the Spurs. I. I no, they're better than the Spurs. You know what? I'm going to have oh! conviction here. They are better than the San Antonio Spurs. All right. So then the Suns are right where you said, as of right now, top of that second tier. Now, wait a minute. Go to the I'm, next I'm still going. I'm still going. Yeah. Better or not better, Denver Nuggets. I think the Denver Nuggets beat the Phoenix Suns in the, in the seven-game series. I would agree with I don't that. I think they're better than the Denver Nuggets. And I know the Denver Nuggets sit there at seven. They have the MVP of the league right now. Nikola Jokic is the MVP of the league yes. right now. If you're not watching Denver Nuggets basketball on a regular basis, folks, you need to because Nikola Jokic is doing stuff on a nightly basis that's absolutely incredible. They have talent. Michael Porter Jr. is there. I, I just think in a seven-game series, if Denver's fully healthy and they have all their guys, I, I think Denver is where Phoenix is in my t- tiers right now, right? I think I think Denver is that top of tier two, back half of tier one range, whereas the Suns are a little bit lower than that. So I'll, I'll say Denver's better. Better or not better, Golden State Warriors. What, what am I supposed to make of this Golden State team? Who knows? So absolutely, this Phoenix Suns team is constructed better. They're playing better basketball. Yeah, they're better than the Golden State weird, Warriors. And that's a weird thing to say because Golden State has Steph doing things like he did the other night. What did he drop, 15 a game yeah. the other night? They but then you, have, but then you have Draymond Green with eight and a half seconds left on the clock, heaving up a half-court shot for no apparent reason. One of the funniest things I've ever seen not, in my entire life. Not great. <laughs> not great. Not better great. last uh, team. I think, last they're, team. I think they're better. Better or not better, Sacramento Kings. They're better than the Sacramento Absolutely. Kings. Kings are better. playing well right now. Yeah. Kings are playing well right now. I will well, give that team credit. Well, let me throw some well, of these teams I... that are on the outside right now. They're just okay. not playing great basketball, but can you see them making a run? Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, can you see them making I a run? That team making a run. Yeah, I think they're too talented. But they might I mean they might trade Lonzo Ball. I know. Which I kind of counter, you know, counteracts what I'm just saying there. But yes, I think they can make a run. Memphis Grizzlies, do they make a run? I do not think the Memphis Grizzlies make a run. I don't run. either. Dallas Mavericks, do they make a run? They're talented enough. They have Luka freaking Doncic, man. Like At some point, they're going to do something. They're going to make a run. I got to think. So, certainly, so, listen, Sean, they're certainly not playing the way that everybody expected them to, right? Suns are 3-0 so against I think them. It, I still think you put the Suns ahead of them. I No, no, no. Sorry. I, I thought we moved from better or not better to we playoff have. or not playoff. Oh, okay. So, yes, the Suns beat Dallas in a seven-game series if we had a seven-game series right now. Absolutely. But I think Dallas ultimately makes the playoffs. There are All two right. games out of a spot right now. I think they go on a run. So, right now, we have the well, Phoenix Suns. You're not, not going to ask me about the Timberwolves? You're not going to ask me about the Minnesota Timberwolves, 6-18? and 18, No, bring them or, or, or the Thunder. No, we're good there, dog. Uh, so, we have the Phoenix Suns as a five-seed. Or a four seed if if you know things break their way with Den with Denver, right? 
We have him as the fourth like, best. We have him as the fourth best team, are, teetering right now with the Nuggets. Phoenix Suns fourth best team in the in the Western Conference. You heard it here first on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. I, I agree though, I really do. And that's like, and, Which and means, the thing is, is the reason why I'm trying to find teams to maybe put better than them is because I don't trust what I what my eyes are telling. I know. me. my eyes are telling me this team is that good. All right, but like, the there's there's a part of me that knows Phoenix Suns basketball the last you know seven and eight years is waiting for the bottom to drop out, and yes. I have to train myself that that's not going to be the case with this team. It's just not. Right. It's They're I, just too good. No. Too well, they've won six of seven this year. You know, in the last seven games, they've won six of them. Uh, they haven't. They didn't sniff and, until the bubble last year. They didn't even sniff that type of a run. You know, they're stacking you know wins. Fun? I'm supposed to stacking losses. This team losses. hasn't gone on an eight no run in the bubble though. What's that? This team hasn't gone on an eight no run in the bubble. Which, so. Mm. So you're saying they're still last year's team? Yeah, maybe, no. yeah, maybe we have to move them down they're, a little bit. They're yeah. a well-constructed basketball team. They're deep. They you know, they can have games like. The other night when you don't have five players suiting up uh, and still find a way to have Booker and Bridges get you a win. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a well-constructed basketball team. And I know people still want to nitpick about DeAndre Ayton uh, because he's the first overall pick, but he's finding his he's role. Best his career, man. He is. And he's also finding his role within this particular team, which is is key, you know, Um yeah, this is just a much more well-constructed basketball team overall than what we've seen in years past, and uh, they be they belong where they're at. We could be seeing a Phoenix Suns team that's on a path to be the home team in a seven-game series. What? I'm I'm incredibly intrigued by this next stretch of four games, Sean, because three of their next four come against Milwaukee, Philly, and Brooklyn. I know. You know, so we'll we'll get a great litmus test here, and I think we yeah. have already. They beat Boston the other night, but. They, uh, Boston was down to you guys too, but yeah, you know. but th this will be a good test for them. This game yeah. tonight uh, against Milwaukee should be a good one. I don't, I don't think there's no Drew Holiday for Milwaukee in tonight's game, if I remember correctly, because of COVID protocols. Uh, so he's not playing. But I think overall, this should still be a fun basketball game uh, to watch tonight. That's going to do it for us here on the program. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. If you want to tell Sean. All of the things that he got wrong in today's show because there is a laundry list at screspin 2 <laughs> on Twitter. Rate, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, potentially our first and another thing coming tomorrow. You want to stay tuned to that. Again, that's going to go out on the Twitter account and the YouTube page. And then we'll be back on Friday for a full episode. Everybody have a good one.